Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two of a Wednesday live right here on the early line on SportsGrid. He is Donnie. I am Ben. Donnie, so much to dissect and break down from the big NFL news on this Wednesday morning. Within the last 10 to 15 minutes, we got the update. Deshaun Watson is now out for the remainder of the 2023 NFL season. He will have immediate surgery, Donnie, on a broken bone in his right throwing shoulder that he suffered in the first quarter of the win in Baltimore just a few days ago on Sunday this has followed an injury prone season for Deshaun Watson Donnie where he has only been fully healthy for five of the nine games Cleveland has played it was two separate injuries Donnie on Sunday that plagued Deshaun Watson and despite that he still found a way to finish out the football game a new broken bone in his right throwing shoulder the injury to his right throwing shoulder had kept him on the sideline for a few games this season and a high ankle sprain both confirmed after the game Donnie but it's that right throwing shoulder in the broken bone there for Deshaun Watson that now has him placed on IR he is going to miss 2023 and one of the few players in NFL history that doesn't have to worry about restructuring of contracts, knocking it down, because why? He signed a 100% fully guaranteed contract. Whether he's hurt or not, he's going to get every single dime of that money. So good on his agent for negotiating in that form. But the focus now is going to be on the Cleveland Browns and what they can do the rest of the year. I think the upper echelon, Ben, that we talk about where if you get the Sean Watson healthy and playing at a high level, what they could be along with that defense. It would have been fun to watch it play out here because we haven't seen the best of Deshaun Watson in a Cleveland uniform, whether it's been by suspension or from an injury here. But it looks like he was on his way back. But the question coming into that game, or leaving it, I should say, was was the ankle okay? Never in a million years that I think we'll be hearing about a shoulder injury that was different from the one he suffered a few weeks back. But that's devastating news overall. Cleveland can still make the playoffs. Can they do damage now with P.J. Walker in the playoffs? No, they can't do that. So I think that's out the window. They'll still play hard. They'll rally around. And again, they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. And right now, still even with that news we only got about a two-point movement here on that line yeah i'm seeing two and a half here at the Fanduel sportsbook twos at some other outlets here so that line hasn't all of a sudden say oh no seven point swing the steelers are a massive favorite they can still win this football game against the pittsburgh steelers this weekend and sort of regroup and regalvanize themselves yeah, no doubt about it, DRS, and we'll see how that all looks. It's not like Pittsburgh has been a world beater by any means no. who's going to put up 38 and you need to answer on the offensive side of the football for your own club. It will be the defense that leads the way for the Browns. That was really going to be the story even with a fully healthy Deshaun Watson as their quarterback. Let's welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here to hour number two of a Wednesday on TEL, Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. He is Donnie Wrightside. I am Ben Stevens. The big news on this Wednesday morning around the National Football League, Deshaun Watson is now going to miss the remainder of the 2023 NFL season. As you see the release from the Cleveland Browns, two separate injuries sustained in the opening half against Baltimore this past Sunday in week number 10, but it's a new injury, Donnie, to that right-throwing shoulder for Deshaun Watson. That had already sidelined him for a few games this year, but it's a new injury 
a broken bone in that right throwing shoulder that requires immediate surgery, shutting down Watson for this season. So, Donnie, when you look at the five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract, obviously the way that details work within a contract and how a front office structures it is a little bit different than just the annual average value or, of course, all of that lump sum money we see five years, $230 million fully guaranteed. This year, Deshaun is only making just over $1 million in guaranteed salary, but his prorated bonus is close to $18 million. So that cap number that Cleveland faces in 2023 is just a little bit over $19 million. Next year is when the cap number just gets outrageous, close to $64 million from 2024 until the end of the contract in 2026. Around 22% of Cleveland's cap will be spent on Deshaun Watson in 2024. Maybe, Donnie, that's why they're making this move now, hoping it does not linger entering next year. But I think right now, if you're Jimmy Haslam, if you're a Browns backer, if you're a Browns fan, you are scratching your head and saying, what did we do? Donnie, you said it just a few moments ago. There is never going to be a fully guaranteed contract paid out in the National Football League ever again. It's not going to happen. Deshaun Watson, after serving the 11-game suspension in 2022 for multiple violations of the NFL's personal conduct policy, being injured for four games this year, only being out there for five fully healthy games, Donnie, has been available for 11 games for the Browns out of the potential 26 the Browns have played with Deshaun Watson on the roster. That is a terrible return on Cleveland's investment. It is a terrible return because if you just put it in layman's terms, right, a $100 million contract, why can some teams move on from those contracts? Because half of it is funny money, Ben. Five years for $100 million, but only $46 million guaranteed. You know what the NFL team worries about? The $46 million, not the other $54 million on the back end because that can be erased quickly. The problem that the Browns run into is everything is guaranteed. So it's not like he's on the final year of his contract here or final two years at a certain amount, but how many times do you say, like, well, he's only owed a guarantee of seventeen? million of the 34 million Deshaun's is 100% guaranteed full boat for the amount of the contract here that's what makes it so tough and also the Cleveland Browns set this up if you remember they were a little bit devious here with the NFL we know he's going to get suspended in order to keep him happy how about the first year we're like a dollar against the cap here where you're not going to lose any money if you get suspended for the entire season that full number will be on the back end of it if they did structured it more of a front-loaded contract here it wouldn't look so bad at this time but they chose the opposite route to try to circumvent and keep their quarterback happy now it's going to bite them on the back end here he should be healthy this isn't career ending but my goodness what did you get on that return on investment so far absolutely nothing and there's no guarantee that you're going to get anything in the future because we haven't seen it and it's going to be like five years since he felt like he was an all pro in houston it's been a while Donnie, he's played 11 games in the last three years in the National Football League. It's going to be 11 games in four years by the time 2023 comes to a close. And when we have seen Deshaun Watson on the football field, this year his completion percentage is 61.4%. He has seven touchdowns only to four INTs, a QBR of 44.7. That's worse than Jordan Love. It's 23rd in the National Football League. That's bottom 10 of starting quarterbacks who have played four or more games this year listen you make your bed you lie in it right Jimmy Haslam and the Cleveland Browns are learning that right now the defense is good enough to win a couple of football games is the defense good enough now with the entire burden of winning NFL games solely on their shoulders pun kind of intended enough to lead Cleveland to the postseason I'm not so sure. Again, one of the worst investments you will see around the National Football League. Say goodbye to fully guaranteed contracts. We're back on the early line with a college football conversation next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are live right here on this Wednesday on the early line on SportsGrid. Plenty more around the National Football League in the big news of this Wednesday. Deshaun Watson now on the sidelines for the remainder of 2023. A broken bone in his right throwing shoulder. He is done for the year in Cleveland. That is the big news, DRS. And just a few more stats before we dive in to college football and the new rankings that were revealed. A tough 24-hour span in northern Ohio, in Cleveland, and then in Columbus. DRS, Deshaun Watson, as we said, in the 23 possible games that he could, 26, excuse me, possible games that he could have played for Cleveland in the last two years since he has been a member of this Browns roster, he has only been out there for 11 fully healthy games. That's 42%. Only 42% for a guy you paid a five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract. And in those games, when he's actually been available and healthy and on the football field, Donnie, here are the numbers. He has a 59.8% completion percentage in those 11 games. He is averaging just a tick above 201 yards per game, 14 total touchdown tosses to nine interceptions. So when he's been out there, Donnie, he's been the definition of mediocre and probably even below average, and he's hardly been out there. All for a guy that has received a $230 million fully guaranteed contract. I understand that it was structured by the Browns front office to not have that hefty of cap hits early on in the five-year deal, but starting next year, Donnie, he is going to take up north of $20 million or 20%, excuse me, of the Browns cap from 2024 and beyond. This is not a career ending injury, but Donnie, we're talking about a guy that will have played in 11 games in four NFL seasons since he left Houston, really, in 2020, his final full year playing for that Texans organization. The investment not there right now for this Browns organization. Yeah, he's the Jimbo Fisher of NFL players right now, getting very little return on your investment at this point. Also, keep in mind on this, too. Like, let's just equate it. Like, Jimbo Fisher left Florida State to go to A&M. They didn't have any baggage. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, we're going to have to cover up. We're going to have to, like, go through, like, you know, case studies on if this is a good move for us. No, Deshaun Watson actually got that high pay. Everybody laughed at that contract. And the Cleveland Browns then took haymaker after haymaker for the -the off-the-field problems that Deshaun Watson had. This is the worst contract in the history of professional sports from that angle, the half the outside of Cleveland Browns diehard fans, and even some of those are like, I don't understand this move here. We're really going to get this guy. Is he going to be in jail by the time his contract actually starts to spend that much money and get absolutely nothing out of it? This has to be the single yeah. worst contract in the history of professional sports. You can kiss goodbye to fully guaranteed contracts. We know Lamar Jackson was angling after that, but Jimmy Haslam has ruined it for every other owner around the National Football League. You are not going to see fully guaranteed contracts. Hefty guaranteed money? Sure, but it doesn't matter what the cap hit technically is. Deshaun Watson is owed so much money by Cleveland that if you were to try to move on from Deshaun Watson, given the lack of availability, the dead cap is worse than even keeping him there and having mediocre performances at the quarterback position. It is bad, Donnie, for this Cleveland side. Again, they're saying the right things. He's going to be out there fully healthy in 2024. They expect a full return. But boy, oh boy, you have made your bed, and now the consequences are that you have to lie in it. Donnie, it's like my favorite thing 
It's one of the tweets that has gone viral multiple, multiple times in the last five years. It's like the guy that says, if it's not the consequences of my own actions, that's what Cleveland is facing right now. All right, we go from the NFL to college football. Donnie Wrightside's favorite TV show, the college football playoff rankings reveal each and every week. And Donnie, you know the committee was begging for Georgia to have a marquee performance just so somebody could knock Ohio State off its perch because the Bulldogs are now the number one team in the country. Not many changes, Donnie, to the top 10 outside of that, or at least the top eight. In fact, it remains unchanged outside of the top two. Georgia, now the number one team in the college football playoff rankings. Ohio State moves back to number two. Now, Donnie, I don't know too many people around the college football realm that are really up in arms about this because I don't think a lot of people felt Ohio State was truly the best team in college football or even deserving based on their resume. But since Ohio State has been ranked number one in the college football playoff rankings, they have beaten Rutgers by 19 in Michigan State by 35. They have covered in both of the games with an average margin of victory of 23 points per game. So what has Ohio State done that would worsen their resume to take them off of that perch? That would be my only question, DRS. Not the college football playoff selection committee saying, hey, we were wrong. Ohio State really is not that number one team, but Georgia just hadn't had a marquee win just yet. Ohio State's handled their business as anybody would expect the Buckeyes to do in the two games since being placed atop the country, Donnie. They did nothing wrong. When you lose, you're supposed to drop your ranking down. You have multiple weeks of not playing good football. You're supposed to drop your ranking down. If you play a team you're favored to beat by 35 points and you win by one point, maybe you get knocked down a peg here. They did nothing wrong. They absolutely smashed Michigan State last week. So I don't understand why all of a sudden now the good vibes for George again. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying Georgia is the best team in the country. They should be number one. They should have been number one all along. But the flip-flopping of what's your explanation? Because I didn't watch the TV show last night. But I assume that they came out and go, hey, well, Michigan, Ohio State wasn't that impressive and Georgia was. Like, what was even the answer or response to go back and forth in that? If we look at the AP Top 25 compared to the college football rankings, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State. That's one, two, three. That's exactly what it should be. Now, for my money, Florida State wouldn't be in the top four at this point here. I probably would move Washington up. And, heck, I think Oregon's a better team than Florida State. But you can't knock it saying Florida State's unbeaten. they got to stay ahead of a one-loss team. I do agree with that. But it's just funny where Georgia is now the number one team when everybody's been saying – maybe they just listen to the public. Like, you know what? We were so embarrassed when we put those original numbers yeah. up here. Eventually, we got to move Georgia back when they get a nice win, which they did. But the fact of the matter is it's Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio State. That's what it should be not georgia ohio state michigan for me and donnie as we talk about strength of schedule and strength of resume and what marquee and key wins look like here down the stretch notice what happened behind the top eight because that is a point of this conversation. Penn State, after the second loss of the year against the Maize and Blue, the Nittany Lions moved back to number 12. So currently, Ohio State does not have a top 10 win. Notre Dame, 18th in the country as well. Missouri moves up to number 9. It's actually Ole Miss, Donnie, that falls all the way to number 13. That's the team that Georgia beat this week handily, 52-17, covering as a 10.5-point favorite. But that top 10 win for the Bulldogs is not Ole Miss, who was number nine at the time they faced off against UGA on Saturday night. It is Missouri at number nine in the country. Michigan gets no benefit from playing without Jim Harbaugh and beating the uh, Nittany Lions inside Beaver Stadium. They remain at number three. And Donnie, the heads to head, the head to heads right now still remain crucial. Washington in front of Oregon, Texas in front of Alabama. We are getting to a point, Donnie, where you can paint out the path. We haven't seen any chaos yet. The top eight still remain undefeated against unranked foes this season. But are we going to see chaos? Because if not, Donnie, we're going to have some difficult conversations about one-loss Power 5 conference champions if Alabama knocks off Georgia in the SEC title game, if Texas is a one-loss Big 12 champ, if Oregon is a one-loss Pac-12 champion, we're going to have some very difficult conversations here down the home stretch. 
No, we, and we the difficult conversations won't be between me and you, Ben. It's going to be what these idiots here choose as their top four, and we pace them after they have a ridiculous one that doesn't make any sense once the season is over. Because we know who the best football teams are. Apparently, those idiots behind the scenes don't know who the best teams are. Ohio State won by five touchdowns and gave up only three points, yeah. and they dropped a ranking. Get out of town, you idiot. Get out of here. They were just waiting to move Ohio State down, Donnie. I think we saw that last night. More college football conversations next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live right here on this Wednesday on the early line on SportsGrid. I am Ben. He is Donnie. And the man in the middle is Mark Zinno. Getting us ready for the second to last Saturday, as DRS would say, Zinno, the penultimate Saturday of this 2023 college football regular season. Zinno, thank you for joining us here on this Wednesday on the early line. Uh, I'm a lot better than the college football playoff committee. I'll tell you that much. Mm. I think so. Donnie Wrightside would agree with that. You know, you are also the mouth in the South with a certain level of expertise on the Southeastern Conference. A weird Saturday in the SEC. We get to this point, week number 12, the second to last Saturday, and a lot of the SEC plays in non-conference games. I believe there's only three or four potentially SEC conference matchups on this Saturday. So, you know, we're still going to look at the SEC slate. We do that with you, the these are your SEC picks. But there is, Mark Zeno, certainly a marquee matchup this weekend in the Southeastern Conference. On Rocky Top, inside Neyland Stadium, it's a top 20 tilt between Tennessee and Georgia. Now the Bulldogs, the two-time defending national champions, you know, back atop the country, number one in all the land in the college football playoff rankings that were revealed last night on a Tuesday. Georgia, a 10 and a half point favorite as they head to Rocky Top to take on the Volunteers. The over-under, 58 and a half. Zeno, can Georgia avoid the hiccup and hammer the Volunteers, maybe even covering on Rocky Top? Now, I have been somebody who's played against Georgia pretty religiously this year, particularly against the number. And Ben and Donnie, you guys can go back to the beginning of the year. I told you repeatedly that I thought Georgia would have a loss heading into the SEC championship game. Well, if you can't beat them, you may as well bet on them. Uh, and that's where we are mm-hmm. right now. Uh, no, this is not the spot that they get tripped up. If it didn't happen against Missouri and Ole Miss, I don't think Tennessee is the spot. I mean, Georgia seems to be getting better every single week. Their offense has been held to less than 400 yards just once in the last six weeks. They've scored at least 37 points in four of their last five, and they're facing a Volunteers defense that's 69th in the nation against the pass. That guy Brock Bowers is back. Last time I checked, he's pretty good. And even though he was a non-factor against Ole Miss, guess what? He's still going to have to be accounted for, and he's going to create a lot of mismatches on the defense. I mean, You know, I don't think the Tennessee offense is ready for the Georgia defense either. You look at Tennessee in the lead, they got over Alabama 27 and a half, and you maybe get some glimmer of hope. But, you know, they scored on their first drive, right? They were right down the field and scored a touchdown. The only other drive of note they had in that game resulted in a field goal near the end of the first half. They had six three-and-outs the rest of that game. 
They got points of Alabama turnovers. Georgia plays pretty mistake-free football, and I don't think Joe Milton will have much success. Yeah. He only threw for 100 yards against AM, 227 against Kentucky in a game, oh, by the way, that Tennessee was outgained by Kentucky in. And back to that Alabama game, 160 of his 271 yards in that game came in the second half when they were trailing. I think Milton will be under constant pressure. My best guess is that Tennessee can only keep this game close for a half. But the dogs have learned how to close. They've won six straight in the series, all of them by double digits. And last year's 27 points that Georgia scored was the fewest they've scored in this six-game run, topping at least 38 in all other five. Despite this game being in Knoxville, and I know it's a tough place to play at times, Georgia and Kirby Smart are not getting tripped up by 10. Not this Tennessee team. Well, when we take a look at this line in this game itself, Mark, unlike the NFL, now 17-game slate, nine home games, eight road games, or vice versa each way. The thing I always love about college football is you can stack the deck in your favor. We're going to talk about November the 18th. This is the third true road game that we're going to play here for the Georgia Bulldogs. And the road games that they had previous, Auburn, not a great football team, only one by seven. Vandy on the road, 37-20, not all that impressive. Is there a chance in this football game where if you're just looking at saying we're not used to playing on the road in big environments against quality football teams. Can somebody bite on Tennessee not to win this game, but at least keep it close here? Again, I, you know, look at what Ole Miss did. I get it. The game was in Athens. I get your point. Like, they can, you can hang yeah. with Georgia for a half, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. If you want to play Tennessee and you can get six, six and a half somewhere, I don't think it's the worst play in the world. But Georgia just has too many too many weapons and too much in the tank here to, to, to keep them down for 60 minutes. I just, you know, and again, that Auburn game was more about than anything the fact that Peyton Thorne decided to do his best Cam Newton interpretation or impression and just start running all over the place and nobody was really ready for it. I mean, if Joe Milton wants to do that, I think that, that may be a way for them to attack Georgia and beat them. But Georgia's been pretty good about adjustments and figuring teams out in the second half. I, I just, I mean, do you really think that Joe Milton – is the level that Hendon Hooker was. Do you really think that this Tennessee offense, like last year with Jalen Hyatt and everybody else that they had and all the weapons that they had, is really the same? I, I just don't see it. Uh, I don't know that they have the horses in the barn <laughs> to keep up with Georgia. They're not constructed that way, you know. For the first two months of this year, Tennessee was a rare Power 5 team outside of the Big Ten Conference that averaged more yards on the ground than they did through the air. And last week, that strong suit for the Volunteers was a no-show. 93 yards against a susceptible Missouri rushing defense. Georgia's not as elite up front as they were the past two years, and how could you be? But they are still a top 20 rushing defense in all of the country. The road game is concerning in Knoxville on Rocky Top. It's Tennessee's last shot to throw one final haymaker this college football season. But outside of that, I'm not really sure how Tennessee keeps this game close. And Georgia's offense might be better this year than it was a year ago, certainly through the air. Keep an eye on Carson Beck's passing yards props and keep an eye on Lad McConkey, who has been going over numbers consistently for the last three weeks. Brock Bowers is now back. How does that affect the overall offensive scheme? I understand, but I still think Ladd McConkey leads the way as Carson Beck's favorite target on Saturday on Rocky Top against the Vols. So, Zeno, the SEC championship game is now set. It's the only Power 5 conference that has their title game set at this moment. It's Alabama and Georgia. We'll look at that line in Atlanta in the opening. Okay, we'll look at it right now. In Atlanta to start <laughs> off the opening weekend of December right here, right now. Zeno, we'll get back to that in just a moment. Let's talk about the Crimson Tide who have a non-FBS non-conference game this Saturday against Chattanooga. But Alabama's rolling. Their only loss this year was against Texas early on. The Crimson Tide have covered in six of their seven SEC games as well. Zeno, in your evaluation of Alabama, what have the Tide figured out? Well, they figured out how to play more consistent offense, and their defense has gotten better every single week. Look, like Jalen Milrow is one of the more efficient passers in the country, especially when it comes to throwing the ball down the field. Him and Jalen Daniels are at the top of uh, college football in that category. And when you look at Alabama, you know, they've figured out how to balance the run in the pass, and they've just become a very consistent football team. And I think when you look at Alabama more than anything, they're doing the one thing that Georgia necessarily isn't, and that's getting better better 
each week and becoming the best version of themselves at this point in time. Again, Georgia hasn't seen an opponent like Alabama all year long. I mean, you know, all deference to, to Ole Miss and, and even to a certain extent Missouri, but they're not at the level of Alabama. I mean, neither one of those teams obviously would be favored, and we know what Alabama did to Ole Miss earlier this year. So, you know, this is just a completely different level what Georgia's going to see the first weekend in December in Atlanta. Let's get that Atlanta graphic ready here up on the screen because it's coming. It's official here. Georgia <laughs> and Alabama will be playing a four-point line here, Georgia, as that slight favorite over the Alabama Crimson Tide. Also, as we know, look, this game is coming here, but there are football games to be played in between. If I ask you yeah. this question right now, two-pronged attack, who's going to win this game, Mark? And also, what is that closing line, do you think, going to be by the time we get game time? Well, it's interesting to note, DRS, that that line has come down. Two weeks ago, the proposed line on that was six and a half. So it tells you odds makers are realizing how much better Alabama is getting. Uh, And again, I I think some of that had the the tight game against Missouri. And, you know, I I guess for the first half against Ole Miss that it looked like it would, you know, they might have been able to hang around a little bit. But, you know, I I think this game will also be a little bit telling as to what this line closes at uh, simply because, again, the final game of the regular season is going to matter for Georgia against Georgia Tech. Maybe Alabama might lose a little luster if they struggle with Auburn in the Iron Bowl. But I I think Alabama... Uh, is it, I think it's going to be one of these games, guys, where the spread doesn't really matter because either Alabama wins outright or Georgia wins by margin, right? Like, I, I don't know that necessarily this comes down to a field goal between these two teams, especially the way they play. If Georgia can get a lead, they're going to control the entire pace, and that's why I keep talking about it. What happens in the second half late when Georgia forces teams into passing situations and forces them to kind of be one-dimensional, that's where they really excel. The only way for for Alabama to win this game, or, or cover it rather, is just to go out and win it outright. So I, I don't know that the number necessarily is going to matter, especially at under a touchdown. Alabama has been an underdog just three times since the 2013 college football season. Trivia question for you both. Who was their opponent in all three of those games? Uh, It would be Georgia. It would be Georgia. 2015 in the regular season, and then in 2021, that SEC title game followed up by the national championship. Alabama has won outright in two of those three. Zeno here, quickly, the Heisman Trophy conversation that we'll have moving forward. Now, Jaden Daniels is having a statistical season much like we have never seen, actually, in college football at a historic pace. But his Bayou Bengals team has three losses. Quickly, Zeno, and then we'll get more reaction on on the other side of the break as you join us for a second consecutive segment can Jaden Daniels actually win the Heisman Trophy should and can are two different the answer should he yes can he no because for some stupid reason we equate team success to individual awards yep I think that's a pretty perfect summation of where things stand. But the four to one price for Daniels is something we will examine on the other side of the break as we go around the rest of college football for week number 12, that second to last penultimate Saturday of the 2023 regular season. Come back and join us live right here on TEL. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Week number 12 of this 2023 college football regular season. That means there is only two more full Saturdays left in 2023. I am Ben. Donnie is here. So too is Mark Zeno for a second consecutive segment. We'll continue to have the Heisman Trophy conversation in just a moment. But Zeno, the game of the week this week in college football is a showdown on Saturday in Corvallis. And what a moment it is going to be for Pac-12. 12 football because now there is a pack two Oregon State and Washington State the two programs left behind by everybody departing the conference of champions have full voting control of the conference board as those 10 schools have now departed and it comes to a head on the actual gridiron on Saturday in Corvallis the Beavs of Oregon State now number 11 in the country hosting number five Washington and Zeno would you look at the number the Huskies aren't the favorites the Huskies are the dogs Zeno does that make sense to you to see the Beavs as a two and a half point home favorite Saturday against the Huskies well, if you were smart, you jumped on Oregon State when they were one-and-a-half-point underdog on Sunday when the line originally posted. So there has been significant money coming in on Oregon State. Uh, look, I think this is a field goal game either way. you got to figure out who wins it. But I backed Utah last week against Washington. They covered the nine-and-a-half-point spread, albeit maybe you could say they got a little bit lucky as their kicker, you know, the Washington kicker kicked the ball into the back of the head of their offensive lineman. But I think Washington is facing a near-carbon copy of the Utah defense that they played last week. This time, they'll have to do it on the road. Except Oregon State's defense leads the conference in sacks and takeaways. I don't think life's going to be easy for Michael Penix Jr. this week. He's going to have to be near-perfect to avoid mistakes. But the biggest difference for Washington is that Oregon State's offense is better than Utah's. Like, significantly better. They put up more points, put up more mm-hmm. yards through the air, and on the ground, they're better on third down. I think Oregon State's run game is going to control the tempo here. Beavers are third in the Pac-12 in time of possession. I think if they're smart, they'll limit the Huskies' scoring chances that way. If Oregon State gets an early lead here, being the fact that the game is in Corvallis and they have the run game to do it and they're every bit as physical as Utah, and this is a Washington team that I've been telling you guys have been towing the line for the last five weeks, thinking they were going to get got by somebody. Is this the week they actually get got? I mean, for, look, for me, you guys know I'm a big Oregon backer. I still think they're, they're the best team in the country. So I kind of hope Washington gets yeah. tripped up so we can have this ridiculous discussion about, oh, Washington has a zero in the loss column, so therefore they have to be better than somebody with a one there. No, that's not the case. But uh, I'm pulling for Oregon State here, back in Oregon State. I think they win the game outright. Let's take a look at the Heisman Trophy Awards market here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And it's a close one. And down the stretch we come. Bo Nix right now currently sits as a favorite at a minus 110 price. Then we have follow behind plus 370 combined sprouts here for Michael Penix Jr. and Jaden Daniels. Then we have Marvin Harrison Jr., Carson Beck, and Jason, excuse me, Jalen Milrow there. If I ask you this question, it, it usually is a quarterback award. What are the chances that Marvin Harrison Jr. in the game can step up and absolutely dominate? a Michigan defense and take this award down. Is there the possibility that that can happen? There's a possibility that it could happen, but a couple of other things would need to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. You'd have to have hit Jalen Daniels have a couple of bad games back-to-back or unimpressive games, to say the least, that would be fresh in people's minds. And then, of course, you need the Pac-12 cannibalization to occur, right? Unfortunately, again, we, I said we do this stupid thing where we associate team success, individual awards. So here's kind of what Jaden yeah. Daniels is hoping for, and Marvin Harrison for that matter. Jaden Daniels is hoping that Oregon State beats Washington and knocks, knocks Michael Penix down a bit. And then they're hoping that Oregon State ends up, goes out and beats Oregon and knocks Bo Nix down a little bit. And so in those two things, if that happens in back-to-back weeks, you know, Jaden Daniels is sitting there patting Oregon State on the back. And as long as he has two good games, he'll be fine. But Marvin Harrison, we need Jaden Daniels to take a step down, Oregon State to run the table. And all of a sudden, he's looking like the best prize come December. Yeah. So uh, it's tough for, for Marvin Harrison to do it. The bigger problem for Marvin Harrison, Ben, you and I have gone back and forth on this as great as he is. You know, um, there are a couple of games this year when he's been pretty shut down. Notre Dame and even the beginning of the year, in the first game of the year, I think he was pretty, you know, quiet. Um, I I don't know that his quarterback is, is, you know, making him that much better. This is not an offense, I think, that really 
you know, shines the way some of these other offenses do. So uh, I, it, that's not a knock on Harrison per se. It's more just a statement of the, uh, the Ohio State offense and me not being a huge fan of Kyle McCord. All that said, it, it's I think it's Bo Nix's award to lose at this point. If Oregon runs a table, he's getting it. Yeah. Listen, Marvin Harrison Jr. has the name and the notoriety, and I think he is the best wide receiver in college football. But statistically, to win the Heisman Trophy as a non-quarterback, you have to be putting up so much more than what MHJ is doing right now. He's seventh in the country. He doesn't, he's not even top five in terms of receiving yards. He's second in receiving touchdowns with 12. But there's an argument he might not even be the favorite to win the, uh, what is it, what is the, I'm playing, the Belitnikoff, the best wide receiver trophy in the country. That could be Malik Neighbors from LSU or Luther Burden from Missouri right alongside Marvin Harrison Jr. Junior. Again, the most outstanding player on Ohio State's offense and the best wide receiver in the best NFL draft prospect in college football at that position at this moment. But to win the Heisman Trophy, when Devontae Smith did it in 2020, he was also a punt returner for Alabama, and his numbers were unimaginable, astronomical in terms of what he was doing at the wide receiver position. Now, you know, there is an argument for Jaden Daniels. Daniels is 82 rushing yards away. He has 918 right now. He is 82 rushing yards away from having 1,000 on the ground. He has already thrown for well over 3,000, 3,164. Jaden Daniels is 82 rushing yards away with two regular season games left for the Bayou Bengals from becoming just the fourth FBS quarterback ever to put up 3,000 and 1,000, 3,000 passing yards, 1,000 yards on the ground in a regular season alongside Johnny Manziel, Lamar Jackson, who did it twice, and Jalen Hurts in 2019. Oh, Johnny Manziel and Lamar Jackson, by the way, when they did it in 2012 and 2016, respectively, won the Heisman Trophy. Jalen Hurts finished as the runner-up in 2019 if it wasn't for Joe Burrow and how great he was for LSU's offense. But Zeno is correct. There is the individual success that needs team success, and Bo Nix's numbers are also ridiculous. If Oregon is a one-loss Pac-12 champion, Bo Nix is going to win the award, but you saw those four prices, you know, with three digits or less. I think those are the four Heisman finalists that make their way to New York City. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and, and to your point, I mean, it kind of goes back to this whole sort of silliness that if Jaden Daniels is going to put those numbers up, and by all accounts, he will, right? He's going to get to 3,000 and 1,000, and no one's going to bat an eye. It, it, you're in such rare category that automatically, in my mind, it would default to you being the Heisman. I mean, again, I've I, yeah. I, I pumped Bo Nix for the last two years. Thought he should have been in the Heisman conversation last year. But, you know, uh, he's not eye-popping the way Jaden Daniels is. And if you want to talk about just kind of the best quarterback and best athlete and, and best overall quarterback, I mean, that's clearly Jaden Daniels, and he's shown that all season long. Uh, unfortunately, because his team can't stop a nosebleed, He's going to not yeah. be in the Heisman conversation, or is it he's not going to win this thing? I mean, that's that's just utterly ridiculous. I don't know why we 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 do this fruitless exercise, but again, at this point in time, I think you can only bet on Jaden Daniels given the prices that we're at. From the Heisman conversation, who's actually going to show up at the touchdown club to Michigan and Maryland, and who's actually going to show up on the sidelines there for Michigan? Will it mm. be Mr. Harbaugh? Well, one thing we do know, they're a monster favorite. The FanDuel Sportsbook here opened up at a 20-and-a-half point number. That's actually down to 19-and-a-half and a total of 50-and-a-half. Is there a letdown, Mark Zeno? And not saying Michigan's going to get beat in this game, but will Michigan be as fluent as they were at Penn State in a walkaway victory in the second half? Talk to us about a little Michigan-Maryland this this. Uh, Saturday I mean you have to believe look that one this is a classic sandwich spot right they had Penn State on yeah. one side they got Ohio State on the other so you know this sets up for the game that they don't really give a rip about that's number one but number two when you add in the fact that Harbaugh didn't coach last game and the emotional component that was showed after that game you know by the coaching staff and and what they you know put out there there is a sense now that you think that, oh, my God, they can breathe, they can relax. Hey, we can beat good teams without Harbaugh. Maryland should be a cakewalk, you know, kind of deal. And they'll let their foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Ben and I were talking in the break. I don't think you can play Maryland in any other way than in the first half here and get 10 and a half and get out of there. I don't know that Maryland is going to be able to hang with Michigan for four quarters. And, and you know, sign stealing and all this other stuff and all the noise aside – 
Michigan just dominates teams, and you give them a full 60 minutes, and guess what? They're going to pull away. So if Maryland can't have a lead in this game at some point, them, you know, trailing by even a field goal, you know, or even a touchdown, Michigan can pull away late easy on this team. And we've seen what happens when Maryland steps up in class. They get beat, and they get beat pretty resoundingly. I mean, remember, Ohio State won that game that they were trailing 20-17 to in the third quarter. Or, I'm sorry, they were leading 20 to 17 in the third quarter. They were trailing 17 to 10 at one point. They won that game by 20, guys. So it can easily happen to Maryland. Yeah, Maryland under Mike Loxley, since he became the full-time head coach in 2019 in College Park, is 13-26 and 26 against the spread in Big Ten play. It is the worst ATS record in cover percentage for any Power 5 team that has been a Power 5 team for all five of those seasons. And Michigan, again, sign-stealing aside, you want to see how good their team is, the best scoring defense in the country, the best passing defense in the country. Talia Tungabailoa, who puts up numbers, his passing yards against the maize and blue is 199 and a half which is a key number michigan has not allowed an individual to go over that number this year as michigan has not allowed a quarterback to throw for 200 yards against them tunga Bailoa has gone over that number in every game this year 10 of 11 except for 196 against ohio state michigan's in after the big victory in happy valley a hefty odds on favorite at greater than two dollars minus 210 to win the big 10 for a third consecutive year Minus 240 to make the college football playoff. The favorites once more to win a national championship at plus 210. With the game next Saturday in Ann Arbor inside the big house between the maize and blue and the scarlet and gray of Ohio State, is Michigan going to win the Big Ten, Mark Zeno, for a third consecutive season? Uh, I'll go back to what I've said every single week when it comes to Ohio State. If they're smart enough to not let that number 18 guy beat them, the guy we talked about before, the guy in the Heisman conversation, yeah, they're going to win the game. If you let Marvin Harrison Jr. run free and he has a 100-yard game, Michigan's likely not going to win. That's what it boils down. Marvin Harrison opens up everything for the rest of that offense, both in the run game and the pass game for Kyle McCord. If you want to win that game, it's very simple. You double Harrison, you lock him down, you don't let him catch the ball, and Michigan will win. Let me ask you a quick off-topic question here, Mark, also. Texas and Iowa State. Look, they're going to play this weekend. Favorite here for Texas. That's not the question I'm asking you. Is Arch Manning ever going to take a snap for the Texas Longhorns when the rumors are Ewers might be back next year for Texas? How about that? Um, There might be a force in play here that either says Arch Manning starts (laughs) next year or uh, – Quinn Ewers is hitting the transfer portal. By the way, um, you know, Ames, Iowa, tough place to play, right? Uh, I backed Oof. Iowa State a couple of weeks ago against Kansas and was on the wrong side. This is like a bad spot here for Texas. Um, it just doesn't Uh-oh. feel good. It's Iowa State or pass, uh, night game in Ames. Quinn Ewers kind of stinky. I know he played well last week, but, you know, this may, this may be the game that decides whether he stays or goes kind of deal because <laughs> this one is over. <laughs> Four teams in the Big 12 with a 5-2 and two conference record. Trying to figure out who's going to play in that conference championship game. Texas 6-1 and one in conference play. Mark Zeno, a thank you as always. More on TEL coming your way next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live right here, ending out our second hour together on... T-E-L. We were talking so much during the break, Donnie and I, about the other shows that we host over the weekend. I forgot what show we were doing here. It's the early line on mm. this Wednesday yeah. on the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben. Donnie right side here, of course, and so too is the Sports Grid app. It's always here. Available for download at the Apple and the Play Store. You scan the QR code on your screen. In a matter of moments, all of our insight and information available in the palm of your hand. DRS yesterday, a ton of responses in the face the public poll i don't know if the people are jacked up enough for the nba in-season tournament we'll get a little bit of a feel here donnie as we ask the people right now in fade the public At SportsGrid TV on Twitter, are you a fan of the NBA in-season tournament? We've seen three nights now so far of the in-season tourney around the association. Donnie, most of the people saying no, 69% of the public saying no, we are not fans of the NBA in-season tournament. Donnie, I voted yes. I love the in-season tournament. I love breaking down basketball games with you. But most of the public, the overwhelming majority, saying they don't give a rat's you-know-what. And here's the indictment overall. Like, there's only 58 votes on it. So people read this question like, that's not even worth voting on the NBA tournament to even let the people know if I like it or not at this point. But I absolutely voted no on this. It's not a bad thing. It's just that sometimes we take a step back as fans and say to ourselves, did we actually need this? No, we didn't need this. It's ridiculous the way it was set up. And again, it just gets back to the point, Ben. You know what things we enjoy are? Things we understand. The fact that you have to explain to me every time we come on the air what the stakes are in this tournament, that tells you everything you need to know. You should be able to click on your TV and understand instantly what the deal is. Like, oh, it's a playoff game. Win or lose, you go home. Not, who's out on the court? Why does that court look like that? What uniforms is And what are the NBA teams doing? Enough. Enough with it here. Absolutely not. We don't like this, Ben. We don't like this. And I'm including right. you. Well, Donnie Wrightside is going to love the start to hour number three, our third and final, because it's dedicated yeah, to the NBA in-season tournament. We're back on TEL in less than a minute. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.